to the Dolby Anglican podcast. My name is David Brown and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. Today's sermon is a Trinity Sunday sermon and it focuses on Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 to 20. And this morning it was read by the wonderful Dell, who's now going to read the passage for us as well. Matthew 28, beginning at the 16th verse, and it's titled, Jesus Gives the Great Commission. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. Well, Trinity Sunday is a difficult Sunday to preach because, let's face it, the Trinity isn't something we think about on a daily basis. Being able to recite the Athanasian Creed isn't going to solve financial problems, fix marriages, or help loved ones dying of cancer. Being able to define the difference between persons and essence isn't going to bring world peace or provide a cure for COVID. So who gives? Well, I think one way to see the Trinity as a helpful concept is by imagining we don't have it. I had a friend called Scott who was a Jehovah's Witness. Scott came over regularly and as he tried to convert me, I began to see the hole in his life. Scott didn't believe in the Trinity. And so Jesus, for him, wasn't God. As a result, he didn't believe Jesus' death on the cross was powerful enough to save him or give him a hope in heaven. Scott would go from house to house trying to convince people that Jehovah was the one true God in order to earn Jehovah's love, and so perhaps Jehovah would give him a good afterlife. Scott's worldview overemphasized authority and oneness over diversity and relationship. If there is only oneness, God is all-powerful, ordered, and righteous, but also unknowable. This week, Donald Trump, U.S. President, posed outside a church brandishing a Bible. In order to get him to the church, riot police tear-gassed and arrested peaceful protesters on the way there. This behavior represents a one-God-only view of the world, where power and authority are God, and there is no space for love and relationships. On the other hand, when we see the world as full of rival gods competing for dominance, we get chaos. As protests erupted across the world this week, we saw the damage this way of looking at the world can do. We saw rioters destroying businesses run even by black owners, and looters fighting even among themselves. When we believe that there are many gods, or even that I myself am one god among many, then anything goes. There is no room for unity, order, or respect. There's only me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. In our Bible passage this morning, we see Jesus after his resurrection. He gathers his disciples and says, All authority in heaven has been given to me. 
Who gives Jesus this authority? God, his father, of course. Jesus commissions his disciples to go out and take their place in the mission of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus has authority, yes, because he has relationship with the Father. It's God the Father's directions to Jesus to send his disciples out by the power of the Holy Spirit. This gives the disciples and us clarity. This relationship allows the fogginess to fade. The disciples are to go and make disciples of all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus' commission, not only to the eleven, but also to his disciples for all time. Notice we're not baptized in the name of God or in the name of Jesus alone. One of my favorite depictions of the Trinity is written by the 15th century Russian artist Andrei Rublev. When you make icons, you don't draw icons, you don't paint icons, instead you write icons because iconography for people in the eastern part of the Christian church believe that writing icons is a form of prayer. So for this prayer, Andrei Rublev depicts the three angels who visit Abraham in Genesis 18. But many see this icon as a depiction also of the Trinity. Three figures, almost identical, gather peacefully and lovingly around a square table. The position closest to the viewer of the icon is open, inviting us to take our place at the table. Here we see the glorious reality that God has revealed himself to us as a community of love, grace and cooperation. In baptism, God brings us into that relationship. A God of oneness doesn't invite us to the table. He stomps on bad people and tolerates good people. A plurality of gods doesn't have time for you. You need to compete for their attention. But Jesus actively invites us to be baptized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God deliberately offers us a seat at the table. The disciples with Jesus on the mountain that day are disorganized and doubtful. And they're a collective average blokes. Here Jesus entrusts the mission his father gave him into the hands of 11 everyday people. But he doesn't leave them to do it in their own and through their own strength. He says he will be with them until the end of the age. How can Jesus say this if he's about to ascend into heaven to rule and reign at the right hand of God the Father? Well, this is where we need to go back to the beginning of Matthew and see something awesome that happens at Jesus' baptism. In Matthew 3.16, we read that as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Notice how Jesus is there, the Spirit of God is there, and the God the Father speaks from heaven and gives us a glimpse into the love that exists within the Trinity. How is Jesus still present with us today? Well, he's present by the person of the Holy Spirit who is with us. God is one in being and three in person. Because they are three in one, they are in relationship with each other. What's even more incredible is that God invites us to a seat at the table. A seat at the table at the Trinity 
this relationship that we enter through baptism. If you haven't yet been baptized, I want you to know God is inviting you to take your seat at the table. God wants you to know and experience him. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and baptism, then I'd encourage you to contact our church or a church close to you and begin a conversation about your future. If you are baptized, then God has called you into a lifelong partnership. Sadly, for many Anglicans, baptism is the end of our journey. We've been done, and so we think we can go and live however we want, because if God exists, then I've got my ticket stamped and I can go to heaven one day. This is a horrible and warped misunderstanding of baptism and of God. Instead, notice how Jesus encourages his disciples who had been baptized into his ministry to go and make disciples. Jesus literally says, all of you be going and as you are going, be making disciples. Discipleship is a way of life. This is the call of all Christians everywhere. In our baptism, we are called to be disciple makers. God calls us to his table and then sends us out to partner with him in his mission of building up a people, a community, one church made up of diverse people, all extending his love to the world. As God invites us to a seat at the table, so we are invited to invite others around us to our tables. So this week, I encourage you to think about who you could invite to your home this coming Sunday for our live stream. With current restrictions, we're now able to invite others to our homes for visits and meals. You could invite the person you know from church who doesn't have the internet or who you've been chatting with over the phone. You might invite your neighbor or a family member to come and spend Sunday with you. You might invite a friend of yours to come and read the Bible with you. Imagine what would happen in Dolby and our district if every Christian in town opened their home to someone who didn't know Jesus. Imagine the walls that would come down, the healing we would see, and the lives that God would change. Discipleship is having a coffee with a friend and hearing about their week. It's cooking a meal for the family next door who are struggling. It's doing life with others in a way that shows them God's love. Discipleship is an enduring commitment to someone's teaching and reflects the one triune God we serve. All Christians everywhere are disciples of Jesus and he invites us to live our lives in such a way that we make more disciples. Baptism is a one-off act of commitment, like a wedding, but discipleship is like a marriage, a lifelong commitment to be faithful to the teaching of Christ. We commit our lives to God and our Father, who we love and worship. We commit to Jesus and follow his teaching and his way of life and self-sacrifice. We commit to calling on God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit may guide us, inspire us, and help us to live in a way that pleases God. Our world at the moment is racked from an unholy trinity of COVID-19, economic slowdown, and racial tension. I honestly believe the Trinity has so much good news for weary souls, looking for a third way between an overly authoritarian way of looking at God and the world and a chaotic, pluralistic, anything-goes way. God is unified in will, purpose, and love, but beautifully dynamic and personal in the way we experience God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
When someone dies or we see them for the last time, their words often stay with us. In our Bible passage today, we hear Jesus' last words to his disciples in Matthew. Where before he sent his disciples only to one nation, the Jews, here he sends his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. We might not all be evangelists or teachers, but we all have a role in the Great Commission. Whether we go to the ends of the earth or next door, our mission is to unite under one mission of knowing God and making God known. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving Lord God, I thank you for your grace towards us in Christ Jesus and for sending the Holy Spirit to live in us. I thank you for everyone who's listened to this podcast. And Lord, we pray that you would send us out as disciples who make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day. I'll see you next time.